The Arizona Coyotes may have stolen a point, but their losing streak continues. Uh, They have a chance to get back in the win column tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. I talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. I am Carl Pavlock. Uh, it's just going to be me today. Robin is feeling a little bit under the weather, so she's going to take a day off, maybe a couple days. But wanted to talk about last night's game and today's upcoming game, so figured I'd do another solo episode. Uh, before we get started, I do want to thank everyone for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen of the day. And I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, uh, let's start by talking about last night's game, and then we'll kind of transition into, um, you know, tonight's game, probably in the the second segment, maybe the third. Um, I thought the Coyotes played fairly well in their 2-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. And I need to add a lot of stars and caveats to that statement. Because uh, when I said the Coyotes played well, I meant specifically in recent, uh, compared to their recent games. I do not think the Coyotes have played especially well lately. Even when the Coyotes were winning some big games, I don't think they really played all that well. Um, Something that Robin and I had been talking about uh, a couple weeks ago is I thought the Coyotes had another five-game losing streak in them. They had won, like, you know, games where they scored eight goals, nine goals. Like, that's not really sustainable. I don't think anyone thought that it was. So there definitely seemed like there would be a stretch where the Coyotes have a bunch of bad luck. And we have definitely seen that so far. and, you know, the Coyotes have lost to some good teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Calgary Flames. They've lost to some bad teams like the San Jose Sharks and the Seattle Kraken in this losing streak. The Winnipeg Jets, I think, are, are somewhere in the middle. They're not as bad as the Kraken uh, by any means. Uh, but I don't think they're as good as the Penguins. I don't think they're as good as the Flames. Um, they're kind of just a... I don't know. They seem to be more, like, mid-tier. Uh, for a while, everyone was talking about the the Jets as the team that uh, could bring the Stanley Cup back to Canada, and I don't really see that being the case anymore. I think there are definitely teams ahead of them right now, uh, probably Toronto, but you could say Calgary. <laughs> we'll talk about it today, but I don't think you could say Edmonton for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I expected the Coyotes to play a little bit better than they would have against a team like the Flames, and, and they definitely did. They um, they still had moments of inconsistency. They still had like periods where they spent a lot of time off. The second period was just a a not very good second period, one that we've seen numerous times. wasn't a collapse. The Coyotes didn't give up 
any goals uh, except for a goal that was waved off for a very solid coaching challenge. Uh, one that I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, uh, head coach uh, Turnier argued that the puck had touched the netting prior to the goal. And further review showed it did. So kudos to whoever spotted that on the bench uh, or on the ice. I, I do not know. Uh, I don't think I saw uh, on Twitter after the game. But yeah, that was a good call to make. And the Coyotes definitely had momentum after that. Um, the problem was they didn't really have the momentum before then. They started the second period well. Um, they kind of eased up for a bit. Uh, the issue the Coyotes have is the issue that they've had this entire season. They're inconsistent. They, they could have good stretches, but they can't put together a full 60-minute effort. And we really saw that. Um, there was definitely moments where if the Coyotes had scored, it could have been a completely different game. This was a matchup where the goaltenders were really like cued into everything. Um, I do not think that the you know if the Coyotes had gotten one and and boy did they get close. Uh, Shane Gossesbear hitting the post is probably one of the closest goals we've seen this season. Like I could have very easily seen this being a very different matchup, but. They couldn't. They they couldn't get that little bit of extra. Uh, they got one goal from uh, the newest coyote. Oh, the one of the newer coyotes, uh, Nick Ritchie, um, getting his seventh goal with the Coyotes in 14 games. Uh, what a pickup Ritchie has been. And I'm actually going to talk about him a little bit more uh, next segment, but he had the lone Coyotes goal of the game. Um, and, uh, you know, standout performance by Carol Vimalka. He stood on his head and made sure that the Coyotes stayed in this game. Um, even with like a last minute first period goal, that should have been something that demoralized the team. We have seen that demoralize the Coyotes before, but it didn't. Like they, they could really trust Vimelka to keep, you know, keep the pucks out. And and boy, did he have a lot of work uh, yesterday. But he did good. Uh, so so that's kind of why I think the Coyotes did good. Like it's really just a measure of of how they've played recently. They've been bad. Uh, they were. Okay, average. Uh, and uh, I mean, at this point in the season, I'm just gonna like look for any kind of positive development because that's what the Coyotes need. This season doesn't matter at all. It's all about just growing as a team, growing as players, and, and making the next steps and making sure that things are being done the right way. I do think that um, Coach uh, Bear's system is is you know paying off well. Is that gonna last? I don't know. Uh, there's no real way to know. And I think eventually most coaches, you know, their strategy just doesn't work. Teams just, they lose the room. Lots of things can happen. So I don't want to say that that bear is going to be the Coyotes coach of the, you know, forever future that he is going to control the team for the next 20 years. He, he very well could. Um, he, he's relatively young. He has experience work working with young players. And again, he's getting good results in what should be the Coyotes' worst year of their rebuild. So, you know, there's a lot of positives in that. But, yeah, it, it's something that uh, I do just want to talk a little bit more about. Like I said, I want to go into Richie a little bit more. But first, I have a couple of quick words from our sponsors. And that's from our friends at Built Bar. And they have a message. Have you tried the Puffs? 
If not, you are missing out on one of the best tasting built bars. The puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. You have the yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all really good. You're going to find one that'll be your favorite. All built bars, including the puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. So if you're a type of person who likes to get a candy bar, replace the candy bar with a built bar. They're better for you, uh, and they can still be tasty. That's the most important part. What I want you to do is go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And we're back. Carl Pavlock, uh, like I said, just doing a, a little bit of a solo episode, kind of a shorter one, just recapping what happened yesterday, what's going to happen today. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, make sure to check out Locked On Now, though. Um, give this episode a listen, then go check out that one. Um, so, yes, uh, Nick Ritchie has been just a great player with the Coyotes. Uh, he's played in 14 games with the Desert Dogs, has seven goals, two assists, a complete flip of his uh, time in Toronto where he had two goals and seven assists in 33 games. Uh, I will say... One thing that really stands out, looking at stat sheet, he is currently shooting at 28%, which is just absolutely like out of this world high. Um, he mostly like seems to be like in the 9 to 12 range, looking at his numbers. Uh, got 12 with the Boston, um, his two seasons in Boston. Time in Anaheim, he was usually around... Uh, nine to 11, uh, career low three point, oh, outside of his rookie year, a low of 3.8 in Toronto. Uh, but I do think that Richie does provide something that the coyotes need. And I think bear has noticed that as well. One of the things that I'm hoping to talk about with Robin later, um, this week or, or, or possibly in the future as we look to recap this season and talk about the next, is is Nick Ritchie. Um, Bear slotted him in with uh, Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller against the Jets uh, for part of the game. Uh, I think they did play with Boyd for, for part. Uh, there was definitely some line shuffling going on. And I really like that. The Coyotes are never going to get the most out of Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz without a top-line center. And let's be real, I do not think that Nick Ritchie is a top-line center. It's it's just not him. Uh, he, he plays a good role. He does have a bit of an offensive touch. There are good things we can talk all day about the about the positive qualities of Nick Ritchie, but the true number one center is something that's very rare, and it's something that the Coyotes haven't really had in a very long time. Uh, when they drafted Barrett Hayton, there was hopes that he would eventually be the number one center, and honestly, it doesn't seem like that's the case. Uh, I, I've loved his game this season. I think he is playing defensively extremely well, but he, he doesn't really have the offensive flair needed, I think, to be in number one center. He could maybe prove me wrong in a couple of years. Um, I I think everyone was 
proven wrong by Clayton Keller this season, where he just kind of like stepped up. Like you can see those kind of massive jumps as a player gets older and more experienced. So I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but I, I don't really think that that is in the cards in the near future. Um, you know, go all the way back. Dylan Strome was supposed to be the team's number one center. Martin Hansel was supposed to be the team's number one center. Like the Coyotes have, have been looking for a number one center and maybe they can get one in the next coming drafts, but I, I, I don't think they're going to get their best out of it. Uh, out of Cl- of Keller, out of out of Schmaltz. Heck, um, when the time comes, I don't Gunther. I, I think that a center is going to be something that's needed, and Richie isn't that, but he does make for an interesting stopgap. I think he provides a little bit more offense than we've gotten from Travis Boyd. I mean, just look at his numbers. Even if uh, he starts to re- regress a little bit, I, I think he's going to still be a better offensive option than uh, Boyd. Uh, I think he kind of fits well. He, the I haven't really seen that much decline of the Keller-Schmaltz pairing. They've definitely not been getting as much offense, but, you know, Schmaltz is keep is continuing to put up points. He had an assist on the on the Richie goal. He has a, a three game point streak. Uh, Keller had quite a few good looks. Definitely almost tied it with a with a shot that I don't even think ended up hitting the net, but perfect positioning for it. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely good things there. But I think you know th- as the as the season comes to an end, it's time to start thinking a little bit more long term. We don't know what the Coyotes are going to be doing, but I think. Richie has found a a successful spot with the team. Uh, let me pull up his contract details because I do not remember it offhand. Um, he is currently signed for one more year at two point five million, um, and that's yeah. I, I am glad. I'm glad that the team has players like Richie who are signed past this year because when the season started, there was quite a few questions about like who's going to be in the team next year. The t- the Coyotes have two defensemen and what, three forwards signed past this year. Uh, and things are slowly but surely like starting to take a little bit more shape. And we're seeing a lot of players who are kind of like were acquired this season and are going to be sticking around. Uh, Vimelka is, is definitely a big one. Liam O'Brien, uh, the the players that uh, Bill Armstrong got that Andre Cherney is coaching, they're not just stopgap players. Um, well, to to some extent they are, but but they're not just that. They're not just for the season. It's not like the team is going to go out and acquire like a bunch of veterans on expiring one year deals like they did th- this previous season. There there will definitely be some, but I think we're going to see a more consistent Coyotes team, which can only be good for the Coyotes. Uh, Anyways, we're going to take one more quick break, and then I'm going to talk about tonight's game against the Edmonton Oilers. And we're back. Carl Pavlock with Lockdown Coyotes. Uh, Again, just going to be me for today. Wanted to talk about last night's game and then tonight's game where the Coyotes are going to be facing off against the Oilers. And 
as much as I didn't think the Coyotes losing streak was going to end against the Winnipeg Jets, I am not sure that it's going to end against the Edmonton Oilers either. Uh, Oilers point and a half favorites, uh, minus 150 if you bet on the Oilers, plus 130 Coyotes. Uh, Coyotes are plus 334, uh, minus 385 for the Oilers. Uh, Over-under is at 6.5. Minus 113 for the over, plus 102 for the under. Uh, apologies if I misread any of that. Robin's more the betting person. I am worthy talking about the game person. Um, and here's where I am a bit curious about this. The Coyotes offense has, has dried up recently. They haven't gotten uh, past two goals in their five-game losing streak. Um so that, you know, really isn't great, uh, especially for a team like the Oilers, who are really kind of coming around after firing uh, former Coyotes head coach Dave Tippett. Uh, they, they're doing well. Uh, I could see them making the playoffs this year. They're positioning in the you know relatively weak Pacific Division, affords them a lot of wheelers. Ah, leeway. So it'll be curious to kind of see what they can do with that. Um, the Oilers have gotten five goals on a number of occasions uh, throughout this month. Uh, I was looking, and right after the Coyotes lost to the Calgary Flames last Friday, the Flames and Oilers met on Saturday, and the Calgary Flames won 9-5. to five. That's kind of terrifying to me. Um, I, I don't have faith that the Coyotes can put up two goals in a game uh, at this point in the season, much less six goals. And it really does seem like the team is going to need something like that. Um, and that's not really a lone occurrence. Uh, just looking at the month of March, so the recent history for the Oilers, uh, they have beaten the San Jose Sharks uh, five to two. They beat the New Jersey Devils six to three. If you're looking for kind of comparisons of the Coyotes, those are maybe the teams to look at. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, another one, uh, six to one. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, which uh, I, I wish we could talk about that. Detroit Red Wings, Pittsburgh Penguins game, uh, different podcast, um, but the Oilers beat the Red Wings seven to five, um, and those are kind of the the major kind of wins. Uh, they also beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four to one, but uh, just as I was saying, they are really getting these high scoring games. Uh, if you look at the roster, it's you know it's who you expect. It's Connor McDavid. It's Leon Draisaitl. Both of them have ninety points already. Definitely going to make a hundred points, which is just crazy to me because I remember when I first started watching hockey, like it seemed like the, the days of like consistent hundred point seasons were done and the Oilers are going to have two guys reach a hundred points and they're not that great a team. They stumbled into two generational talents as the Oilers always seem to do, but they're not really able to do much with them. And that's just, uh, it's just crazy. Like the fact that we are not talking about the Edmonton Oilers as a perennial cup challenger 
when they have two 100-point players this season. Uh, knock on wood, I think the NHL would be better with they both do. Um, that's just really crazy. Um, but, you know, I, that kind of shows where I think the offense is for that. The So for this game, I'm going to pick the over just because I, I do not see the Coyotes being able to shut the Oilers down that much. Uh, I'm going to stick with what I think is the most common numbers for these two teams. I think it's going to be five to, uh, or five to Oilers. Uh, I think they're going to find a way to just put tons of pucks on net. Uh, as I'm recording, I don't know who the goaltenders are going to be. Initially, it seemed like Vimelka was going to get all three starts. Um, he did look good against the Jets. Uh, I thought he made quite a few big saves, but you know, the team may elect to go with Kojanash. Uh, either way, it's the second game of a back-to-back. Coyotes are in a losing streak. Um, this doesn't seem good for the Desert Dogs, but you never know. Um, one of the things about hockey is any team could really win any game on any given night just because, you know, they're it's a game of inches. And if they could win the battles, if they can do the little things, I think they could walk away with this one. The way that the Coyotes were able to come back in the third period against the Jets really, I think, is a high point in this season. The Coyotes are a team that, even when they're losing, they don't really stay down. Um, there's been a couple third period collapses, um, but they will fight to the last minute. And that shows them, you know, they'll get rewarded for that. But I, I just don't see him putting that together for a full 60 minutes against the Edmonton Oilers. I, I just don't. Um, anyways, that's going to do it. Like I said, it's a bit of a shorter one. Uh, if you want, feel free to check out some of our other episodes. We did a trade deadline uh, special here on the Lockdown Network. Feel free to give that a listen if you want to recap. I know before I wrote the preview for the Edmonton Oilers game, I definitely went and saw who they acquired. Depth acquisitions, in, including former Coyote Derek Broussard. Uh, not really too relevant for this one. Um, but yeah, check that out. Uh, feel free to follow the podcast. We are at LO underscore Coyotes on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're wherever you can get your podcasts. And on YouTube. Hello to everyone watching. Sorry, it was just me rambling into a camera today. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a little bit better um, when Robin gets back. Um, follow me at, at Carl Pavlock FFH on Twitter. Um, and make sure to interact with us. Send us messages. Uh, tweet at us. Uh, yeah. If you have a question, happen to answer. If you have a question during the game, hopefully I'm, I can answer that as well. But... Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.